lovelies it's your girl she be shaking too what it do <laughs> it is thursday night and i am in my car because this is my podcast office <laughs> the apartment i live in you know they just don't make apartments like they do anymore i mean all of the sound travels so you could be in the living room and there's no way you can produce live or audio content because everything is going to be in the background. So my core is my office for right now. <laughs> oh, you all. How's it going? How's it going? I just want to, before we get into things, we've got a good topic today. I'm going to be talking about weight loss, health because I want to be completely transparent and my health is not the best. I have held off for a long time and yeah, your girl got willing. We're also here in a few months. I'm still here in a few months. I'm turning 40 in June and things are catching up with me rapidly, swiftly. <laughs> and uh, we got we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it because I love the revolution of the big girl. Uh, call it new revolution, call it renaissance, what have you, some things I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. <laughs> but I love how we are taking ownership of our bodies. We're becoming comfortable and we're loving ourselves. But with that, you have to love inside as well as out. And I think we often forget that inside means the bones, ligaments, getting proper sleep, knowing what foods you're allergic to, um, understanding portion control, and just really understanding that the food you're eating is probably not food. I have no idea what we're eating. Uh, we're probably eating space junk that fell from the sky and has been recycled into burgers. I don't really know, you know. I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get real, real. So this discussion is just about helping other people, men and women who had body positivity issues, had uh, self-esteem issues, had troubles understanding weight control, portion control. Um, getting fed fabrications from doctors sometimes um not just family members and friends and social media and tv but people who we trusted to have our best interests at heart and did not ultimately um and really it's a discussion to be transparent to be open with ourselves to for me to be open with myself and honest with myself that i have not always done what's right for myself <laughs> you know and i gather i am not alone so let's uh let's you know take a deep dive let's get into it but before we get into it i do want to let everyone know i know i've been posting a lot about the book parting seas tales tears and triumphs and i had a very very great meeting with a network colleague homegirl sister you know she's a part of and co-founder of the orange collab which is an entrepreneurial group um, by um, a black women, um, indigenous women, women of color, who are business women, who are about empowering, being honest with one another, being transparent and being open about 
being a woman of color in today's society, uh, running a business, trying to start a business? What does it mean to look at the different businesses that we are all involved in? Hobbies, even dreams, passions, whatever it takes to get what the gifts God gave you inside of you to the outside world. They discussed that group. And today I had a discovery call with her and she gave me some interesting tidbits about just ways of promoting my work, ways of getting it out there. So um, I'm going to be making some changes um, really for my safety, for yours. Um, And again, just for full transparency. Um, that I don't have a finished product yet and I don't want anyone to be fooled or bamboozled by, you know, making a purchase, you know, for a pre-order and the the product is not, you know, completely there. So with that said, changes are coming. I'm still working on it, but if you would like to hop on the email list, however, I've got um, some ideas for some goodies coming for you. I'm going to be mentioning those at the end of this episode. So it may be a long one, guys. All right, my lovelies. So hold on to your seats. All right, let's get into it. But yeah, make sure you stay to the end for the good good. All right, all right, let's go. All right, so I'm just going to give and start a little bit of a background on myself. For those of you who don't know, I am a plus-size woman. I'm a writer. I don't necessarily create content from that perspective, but every now and then I get a little creative and and may speak on it. But I have been plus-size since birth, okay? I'm talking day one. You know, I would even say before day one, my, the, the story is that my mother's in the hospital and the nurse comes in and she's like, all right, mom, I think you're going to have a Guinness world baby. Looks like she's going to be along with 21 inches, you know, looks like she's weighing it's about 10 pounds. My mom, ever the, the nonchalant woman, she probably said, oh, wow. <laughs> like okay <laughs> um and then I was born right clearly I'm here and then the nurse again this is apparently you know told by my mother so the story goes then I guess the nurse comes in and says oh well mom sorry we had another mom come in and beat you by four pounds she birthed a natural 14 pound baby my mother oh wow <laughs> So like the same response, right? Um, you know, not really, you know, one way or another. Just give me my my baby, you know. <laughs> I'm really not caring about this other woman. But I came into the world a big girl, right? Most babies you see are a little small, little cute, little, little chunky little bellies. They may have chunky little legs. Yeah, girl. Big head, (laughs) big hands, and once again, according to my mother, the first thing she sees are my feet and my hands, and she says, whoa, okay, you're going to be a tall one, because a 10-pound, 21-inch baby, I'm two feet long coming out the coodle? How? How? Like, first of all, to me, that defies science. (laughs) I'm almost to my mother's knee and I'm just being born. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
That's a big baby, y'all. That's a 10-pound carry. Go to the store. Go to your local store, okay? Go to the produce aisle, okay? Go ahead and pick up a 10-pound bag of potatoes, okay? Hold that mug up to your knee, okay? That's me, okay? So imagine carrying that in your belly, okay? I was a big girl. I was a big girl. But my dad was a big guy. He was tall. Um, He wasn't like, he was stocky. He was solid, okay? Brother was a rock, you know what I mean? And so I got that from him. My mom was soft and squishy, (laughs) you know? I got that from her. But my dad was solid. Like, to this day, I'm 39. My thighs, they don't jiggle. They, there's, there's no, there's nearly any cellulite. When I walk, when she walks, she not jiggle, you know, that, at least that's for my thighs. The belly is something else. You know, we'll get to that in a minute. But, (laughs) but my legs and my thighs are very solid. You know, there's fat on them, but solid as a rock. That, That was me. And so that's a lot to carry. Right. And so now that I'm an adult and I know a little bit more about life, I I always wondered about my genetic composition. You know, what came from my mom? What came from my dad? What came from grandparents on both sides that led me to be 10 pounds, 21 ounces? So quite naturally growing up, people thought, oh, my gosh, she's she's so tall. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. She's so big for her age. Oh, wow. And again, with the story, apparently me and my mother in the the heart of winter one year, we were at like a store or a hospital or or something. And I guess I was acting up, you know, as two year olds do. But I guess the lady made a comment about me acting up or crying. And according to my mother, she turns to her and says, what? She's two. I was probably looking like I was six or seven. <laughs> like, what is your 10-year-old doing crying like that? You know, like she's two. <laughs> I was a big girl. And so there's not much that you can do with that at that age, except for, you know, let Mother Nature take its course, right? You know, my mother didn't feed me fast food. Uh, my mother made my food. She made, um, and again, you're two, so it's not much that you're eating, but I, um, in the beginning, I think I did formula, but as soon as they came out with the recall, I switched to whole milk. So here I am being fed off a whole milk, all the fats, you know what I'm saying? And this is the eighties. Okay. The begin, really the beginning of big pharma and, uh, the USDA, and all those agricultural government uh, held bodies that were supposed to take care of us. This is really the beginning where our food, how we process our food, how we make the food, where we get the food, it all starts to become uh, jumbled, a disarray, and it's a big old mess. So that, you know, by the time we get to this point in life, in history, the food is just is just not food. And you don't even know where you're eating. But back then, parents really didn't know unless you were in those inner circles, like most things, like most bits of information and changes that go on in in the world, unless you're at the forefront, 
you don't know what's what the USDA is doing. You don't know what Big Farmers is doing. You don't know how Infamil and Similac is being messed up so that your children are breaking out and hives and rashes and all this stuff, even before the child is born. Whatever the mother is eating, whatever the father is eating, you don't know how those things are impacting the cellular production that takes place in creating a human life. So a lot of times what you don't know, you don't think is going to hurt you or your child. Nonetheless, I'm born. Okay, you're welcome, world. And, and I live this life of fed well, you know, by the grace of God. My mother worked, my dad worked, my grandmother worked. Um, you know, I was always around people who took care of me. I didn't starve. Uh, there was no fast food every day in and out. My mother got up at three and four in the morning. She got herself up and dressed with her breakfast and her coffee. She then made my food. Okay. So when you get past what age three or four, you perhaps start going into your multi meal, your cream of weed, your oatmeal. You may still be giving Gerber, you know, mashed up, you know, food. And of course now, you know, with the, the major health changes, you know, everybody's organic, tempeh and, and, you know, soy and whatever the kids are eating stuff. So who knows what these young babies, who knows what their children's cellular process will be like, you know, by eating all this stuff. It could be good, could be bad, we don't know. But at that time, you know, I'm rocking with it. You know, malto meal was my jam. I had my brown bowl, my malto meal bowl, you couldn't tell me nothing. And my mother would make my cereal. And like I tell her all the time, it's the perfect amount of butter, sugar, to milk ratio. <laughs> like, I think God made me to notice these things, even as an adult. When she makes sweet potato pies for the holidays and pound cakes, I can tell, even if she does not tell me she changed the recipe, I can tell. I can tell because there's a little bit more lemon flavor than the butter. I can tell sometimes even to the point where the egg the the type of potato, you know what I'm saying? We've been dealing we've been dealing with these things our whole lives, me and my brother. So we know when things are different in regarding food. But what I question is before I realized I was eating multiple meal or Gerber or you know mash of food, it was just me eating. There was no influence or undue influence that said, Siobhan, put some extra sugar in your cereal or put extra butter in your cereal. I, to this day, I have no idea where that came from. And I say that because when I was about mm, four, it was a random morning. I was on my way to school or her dropping me off. And she went upstairs to get dressed and completing getting dressed. Something in my head said, Mm, it needs a little bit more sugar and a little bit more butter. I already knew it didn't. I already knew it was a perfect, like I said, the perfect consistency. But there was this urge to have more and to change the the portion, to change the, the flavor. I don't know if that was my body and my hormones, uh, because one thing about me, I did develop early. I was seven and I was a eight and a half B cup. By the time I was eight, I was almost a C cup. 
in, ter- in terms of my breasts. Um, I got my menstrual cycle when I was nine. And so maybe at the age of four and five, my body was starting to do things and change in terms of, because, you know, you change your taste buds, you know, even now I'm 39 um, and certain things that I thought were nasty are now good to me. I just bought a bag of, uh, oh, what type of chips were those from Trader Joe's that I bought? They are like sunflower uh, cauliflower chips and you open the bag and it smells like grain and just really wholesome and earthy and but I ate them and I was like huh these aren't bad <laughs> 20 years ago I wouldn't like cauliflower chips yeah gross get that out of my face but at 39 I'm like pass some them cauliflower sunflower chips over yeah those those are fire so, <laughs> so I know that with growing up, right? The body changes, you know, again, cells are changing, hormones are changing, taste buds are changing. And so I'm almost curious to know if by me, I guess, biologically developing early when I was four and five, was my body trying to tell me then that I was growing up a little bit too fast? I don't know. But ever since that moment, my relationship with food changed. The way I saw food changed. At that moment, I didn't see food as something, seafood, ha. I didn't see, sorry, I had to, you all. Um, I didn't see food as energy, right? Something to help you grow, something to give you um, eye strength and bone strength and something to, you know, help you grow up. You know, I didn't see it as that anymore. I don't know if I ever saw it as that. Of course, I only remember to, you know, until age, I think, two or three. Um, before two, I don't remember anything. But at that moment that I added that sugar, that extra butter and that sugar in my multiple meal, things changed for me. And ever since then, me and food have really not been friends. My body thinks we're cool. My mouth and taste buds say yum, 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 yum. But the brain and the blood and the muscles and the weight and all of those things, they're like, yes, yeah, this, this is not cutting it for us. And so without having done any type of you know, experimentation on myself, or I haven't gone to any epidemiologist, if that's even the right uh, specialty for, for this topic. I haven't gone to anybody who really could tell me, I haven't seen a genealogist, I'll put it that way. You know, I haven't seen anybody who could really tell me, yes, Shivana, at the age of four, your body started tripping, and it just messed you up. I could possibly have a thyroid issue. And it's something that I have to get checked out because if that thyroid is making some type of impression on another part of my body that would then send a signal to my brain that would then trigger, you know, either too too much, uh, maybe too much dopamine, too much serotonin, maybe neurotransmitters are getting messed up. I don't know. You know, you have to figure these things out on your own until you're sometimes financially able to have yourself experimented on to see, okay, what is it about me that I have to work so much harder to change my relationship with food? 
that it's impacting my weight, it's impacting my life, right? So those are some questions that I, I really need to ask and, and look into. Now, as a kid, and I'm talking four years old, seven years old, nine years old, the issues got worse. And again, my mother was not someone who, let's go to McDonald's every day. No, ma'am. Um, maybe maybe once a week. And even that maybe is bad, you know. Um, but maybe she was tired. She didn't want to cook because my mom cooked all the time. All, I, I remember many meals, you know, going to the grocery store. So she's getting off at work at 4 and 5 o'clock in the evening. She's picking me up, going to a grocery store, and then having to come home and cook. You know, by this time, it's like 6, 6.30, 7. You're tired. You're tired. And that was a lot. But she she did it, you know. Uh, she made many meals. And now as a kid, I didn't necessarily overeat. I don't remember at the beginning point where I overate in terms of her cooking dinner. What changed for me was, and I hate to say it, but what changed for me was my mother telling me that my brother was coming into this world. Um, I, I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't understand what her being pregnant was. And if you guys hear a card, to me, that's my neighbor uh, backing up. So sorry about that. But I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't understand what pregnant was. And again, not having anybody else tell me that this would change my world, I retreated inward. And on some level, I felt, you know, and, and again, let me give a little bit of backstory. Um, my parents were married probably about 13 years before I was born. They had me. They were married an additional four or five years after I was born. And then they got divorced. So later on, my mom meets my brother's father. And I'm like seven when all this is happening. And then I was eight and a half when he was born. So I had, by that time, I had developed between the ages of seven and eight, I had developed this notion that I broke my parents up. You know, it's not fair that they're getting a divorce. Um, I don't like that she's dating this man. And now you're telling me you're pregnant? What the heck is that? All I know is Barbie and cartoons and candy. You know what I'm saying? I'm also a male. I don't, I don't know what pregnant is. And so in my mind, I had decided that this was something I didn't like. And to hurt my mother, because I felt she hurt me. So to hurt her and to hurt my brother, I was going to eat late at night. I was going to, you know, after he was born, you know, you had the Gerber juices. I was going to drink his juices so she would have to buy more. And I, you know, this weird, weird ideology. I don't, I don't know. I can't for the life of me figure out how I thought that that was going to be hurtful to my mother or to my brother when it was really just hurting me. I have no idea where they came from. I don't blame the Gemini in me. I don't know, y'all. I'm a weird girl. Uh, just crazy. <laughs> and I developed, shortly after he was born, I developed this thing where I would eat late at night. Um, I would go in the kitchen and get 
the mother's wheat bread, which again, later on I found out was not wheat bread. It was colored white bread, which so many things you can say about that, but <laughs> digressing. But I would get the wheat bread and I would just put ketchup on it and eat it at like 11 o'clock at night, midnight. You know, I don't think I went beyond midnight, but maybe like 10, 11 or midnight. I would get cheese and put ketchup on it and just eat it. Sometimes it would be bread and cheese and ketchup sandwiches. And this sneaking around, um, I, I didn't think it was hurting anybody. I just knew it was a comfort. I just knew that doing this, it satisfied something in me that said, okay, Siobhan, your world is okay again. Whatever chaos, whatever um, whatever feelings you had, you know, uh, toward people or whatever perception I had of those people's feelings toward me, it was all made okay by food. My mother didn't treat me that way, though. My father didn't treat me that way. No one in my family just set food in front of me and said, it'll be okay, Siobhan, just eat. No one did that. These are things that I came up with on my own. How? It beats me. But it got worse. I, in high school, which I hated. I hated it because I thought everybody was stupid. I hated high school because I thought everyone was immature, which we were, including myself. I hated it because nothing about high school interested me. Not the people, not the lessons, not the teachers, not until maybe senior year. And there was one teacher who, um, it was a history teacher, who was teaching a class on like black exploitation and um, uh, blackface and, you know, things of that nature. And I became interested. My mind started to open up a little bit more about the realities of life. I had gone through many realities way before then, but... You know, you're growing up, right? But nothing about high school interested me. And once again, the things that did interest me, I wasn't able to do. Um, I didn't drive. I didn't like driving, so I couldn't get a job and do that. So there was nothing left for me to do but come home and eat. I would do my homework and eat. Whatever artistry I had in me at that time, I didn't have self-confidence. So I would just eat. Not gorge. But definitely issues with portion control began to flourish in high school. Um, I remember once uh, we had, you know, like the ice cream sandwiches, like the, the vanilla and the chocolate, you know, sandwich part. I remember one time we had those in the freezer. My mother had made uh, banana pudding just because, you know, she wanted to. And we had some Viennetta ice cream. It was like this loaf of ice cream, but it was like a chocolate vanilla swirl type thing. And then we had glazed donuts. So we had a lot of sweets for some reason in the house around that time. Um, but to, you know, my mother's defense, I think at that time too, um, my cousins were living, we all were living together. So it was me, my mother, my grandmother, my cousins, we were all living in the same house together. 
and two and three, and then you have my little brother. She had three boys and two girls. So you had a lot of young uh, mouths to feed, and you know, sugar kind of helps the parents out when they don't feel like doing anything. Um, but for me, one day I I got this idea of stacking the desserts. So I went in the kitchen. I took two ice cream sandwiches and put them at the bottom of a bowl. I took a glazed donut. And then I took the banana pudding and put it on top of the donut. And I ate it. And when I think back to that moment, the only thing in my head was, you know, I'm rubbing my hands together and I'm licking my lips saying, yeah, this is going to be good. I remember showing my, my mother what I made. For some reason, being proud of it, I, <laughs> I don't really, and I'm going to do a sidebar here. I think I was before my time in a lot of stuff because what you see now on TV, like on the Food Network, they make all these crazy desserts, right? And it's accepted. But when I showed my mother, she was like, what in the world is that? Why would you add all that? But yes, she didn't stop me. She didn't take the bowl from me. She didn't, you know, reprimand me. She didn't, she didn't do anything. I went in my room. And I ate the equivalent of probably three weeks worth of sugar in one sitting. But you know, you're young. I, but I wasn't active in, on any sports. I didn't, you know, do anything. But I did ride my bike. I did walk outside. So the body is still at that age. At what? That was like 14, 15. The body is still able to like handle itself. Even though the jolts of sugar is like, whoa, what are you doing here, kid? <laughs> but I was able to to balance it off with just no normal, you know, daily activity. It got worse. And and I say all of this because unless you nip something like this in the bud, meaning you're paying attention to your children and their issues with food and weight and portion. If you don't do that, then they're gonna end up like me. I went to college, you know, you let me loose, you know. And I'm at the food court and there's an Oreo pie. I had so many Oreo pies freshman year, I got sick. I didn't go to the hospital or anything, but I got sick as in one look at it and it just made me nauseous. And I was like, ugh. Haven't touched an Oreo pie since. But a couple years later when I had to do summer school, I there was this like Snickers cheesecake pie. Oh my gosh, you guys, it was the best at that time. I mean, buttery crust, nice smooth layer of cheesecake, uh, caramel sauce, peanuts, chocolate mousse, more caramel sauce on the top. I mean, eh. my diet that summer was that pie and orange juice. Once again, I was active. I had two and a half jobs. I used to walk around campus everywhere. So my body was like, okay, we're, we're getting a little out of hand, but we, I guess we can still manage this kind of diet. And I would tell my mom and she would say, why are you eating that? But then afterwards, it really wouldn't be any other discussion. It was like, here's a mention that I'm concerned, but let's keep life moving. 
there's a mention of, I don't think, you know, everything is going that great with my child, but let's keep life moving. Not that she didn't care. My mother's the type of person who, if you don't make a big fuss about it, she won't make a big fuss about it. But my mother's also the type of person who can't handle um, the the trauma. You know, she can't really handle certain things like that. And as she's always told me, that was her one fear that she would never be able to protect me and protect my brother. That, you know, things would happen to us. And we'll talk more about that in other episodes. But uh, in terms of my weight and eating habits and my relationship with food, it was horrible. I mean, I have eaten so much food that my hands are tight. My face and my, my jaws are tight. You know, everything is tight because I've eaten too much. Before I even moved to Vegas, we used to come here for my aunt's bowling tournaments. And we had like um country buffet, was a buffet in Illinois. But it's nothing compared to, well, what California Main Street was back in the 90s. Oh my gosh. If you were a nine-year-old kid coming out here to Vegas and you come from a place that doesn't, you know, place its pride in uh, fatness and overeating and being a glutton, you come here, you are in heaven. Me and my cousin, Ebony, we came out here, and I mean waffles, pancakes. I didn't even know what a blintz was, okay? I'm like, what's this stuff with the cream cheese and fruit rolled up in it? Give me give me one of those. <laughs> give me one of those. I mean eggs, souffle, quiche. And then they had to nerve, I think, to have a good humor uh, ice cream box, a freezer in the middle of the buffet. Even the adults used to scramble over there. All the ice cream sandwiches, all the bar pops, okay, all of the ice creams, <laughs> you know, were sitting there for your pleasure. It was like a buffet version of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, whatever you want, whatever your lustful food desire was, you got your you got your seafood with your giant crab legs. You have your breakfast meats and cheeses. You know, you got your hamburgers and your ribs. I mean, it was it was a free for all. And I remember sitting at that table with my aunt, my mother, my brother, my cousin, and on my mom's side, it was like one little plate. You know, a cup of coffee. <laughs> my brother had his oatmeal. And on me and my cousin's side, there were like plates stacked. We had eaten so much. There were plates stacked. And my mother was like, where did all this food go? What in the world? And I mean, we're 12 years old. So it's nothing for a 12-year-old to eat and eat and eat and then go run around and then still be hungry. That's nothing for us, right? And that's exactly what happened. We ate and ate and ate and we were like, okay, so what's next? But my cousin, who was much smaller than me, her metabolism was much faster than mine. She's able to not only maintain a weight, but not have an ideology that the food is there for pleasure. For me, it was different. I wholeheartedly believe that yum, yum, yum is good for tum, tum, tum. And it's not. So if those lessons are not unlearned, 
when you become 18, 22, 32, 39, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, at what point do you stay? Okay, Siobhan, you've got to. You've got to reel it in, honey. You, I mean, sweetheart. You, you, you really got to get it together. And it's been difficult. I am not going to lie. The one time that I felt and believed that I made some progress was last year when I went on a 30-day fast. And I prayed and I asked God, keep me focused, you know, during this time. And what really helped me was the month before... I just said one day, okay, I'm going to go on a fast. And I had not really prayed and thought about it. And I did not start from the beginning of the month. So I'd already set myself up for failure. But I said, okay, that March, I think March of 2021, I went on a 30-day fast. I did 34 days. And I fasted from sweets only. And it actually was not bad. Uh, I made sure that I had my tea in the morning. Uh, ice water, you know, I made sure I had my salads on deck. Um, unfortunately, I, I still was tied to the bread a lot. Still am. But I, I did 34 days. No gum. No ice cream. No cake. No pudding. No pie. No vitamin water. Um, not even my aloe honey water. No, because it has, it has sugar in it. I didn't do any of that. And... I had clarity. My mind was clearer. I understood things better. And I was like, okay. So there's something to fasting, right? And not only that, something to fasting with prayer. Because at least for me, I I cannot speak for anybody else. Definitely don't want to proselytize anybody else. But for me, the prayer and the spiritual connection of understanding what food is for the body and the mind and the soul was very helpful. Because I didn't rely on that. Um, There was a balance. I didn't rely on, you know, me thinking that two bowls of ice cream with cookie dough was all I needed. You know what I mean? It was about, this is something that is going to help you understand you do not need this. You need Jesus. (laughs) Definitely. You definitely need Jesus, excuse me. But, you know, cookies and cream, ice cream, yeah, you don't need that. You don't need that. Despite what the enemy tells you, despite what you may think about anything, you don't need that. And I'm sorry, my lips are so chapped. So forgive me if I sound a little odd. I just want to massage the lips a little bit. So, yeah. But then the rest of 2021 happened. I had COVID. And something happened that I did not expect. I did not expect COVID to, or the virus, to heighten my, what I call my normal consumption of sugary beverages. Um, I don't always buy juices anymore. I've, I've actually cut down on that even before I had COVID. I actually cut down on that. The soda was getting a little much, so... I would go through months where I didn't have any soda. It was just tea, water, coffee. But during my stay in the hospital, you know, you take a lot of medicine. You take a lot of drugs that dries your mouth out, right? And so I was constantly asking my nurses, can I get just like a 
pitcher of ice water or a pitcher of ice or juice, you know, and they, because I'm overweight, they had me on the kind of a restricted or heart healthy diet. And they would always bring me apple juice, milk, orange juice, cranberry juice, whatever. When I left the hospital in November and I got back home from um, having COVID, I ordered, I put an order in for Target and my eyes were like, okay, get this juice, get this juice, get this ginger ale, get this coffee, get this chocolate milk. And I was like, Siobhan, you don't need all that. But there was this intense craving, not even a craving. It's all I wanted was ice, 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 cold beverages. It didn't matter what it was, milk, tea, coffee. But what did me in was I, in one purchase, I bought four, two liters of ginger ale. I bought two things of orange juice. I bought one thing of cranberry juice. And my mother was like, Siobhan, this is too much. These are too many juices, too much sugar. You should not be buying all this. And I was like, I, I want it. And the craving, I, I, have, I guess I have to say craving, it was so intense um, that I just kept getting it. And so, uh, was it last week or, yeah, last week, I went to my primary just to do a follow-up, but like a two-month follow-up. And she's like, because um, she had me do blood work and I finally was able to do it about two weeks ago. And last week she was like, um, yeah, you have diabetes. And I was just like, <sighs> so something I had, you know, actively saw in my rear view mirror. I had always been on the cusp. I've been on the cusp with diabetes since I was like 16. And I was always able to keep it at bay because I was... Again, you're 16, you're 18, you're 20, you're so young enough to move around. By the time I hit like 27, you know, I'm working, life gets a little lazier, you get a little downtrodden because you're now like in the work world and you're just like work, grocery store, home, work, grocery store, home. So you get into this routine of just being this old, boring, fuddy-duddy that you forget to live life and be active again, right? And so this sedentary lifestyle was keeping me on the cusp of having diabetes. But still, I was able to keep it at bay until COVID hit. And everybody knows, you go into a hospital, you're in the bed. You laid up. There's no going to the gym. There's no going to Lifetime Gym. There's no going to Planet Fitness. You're in the bed. Your legs are covered. You know, you might be able to walk around the hospital floor, but it's COVID now. So things are much different now than they were a few years ago. Um, there's no walking around. You, you're spreading COVID when, you, <laughs> when you're walking around. We can't have that. So you're in your room. My door was closed just about the entire time I was in the hospital. I was in the bed just about the entire time. I, the only time I got up was to use the restroom and to maybe sit on the couch that was in the room because I was just tired of sitting in the bed. But when I got home, the side effects of COVID kept me in the bed. I was asleep all day. So imagine drinking, you know, two liters of ginger ale over the span of, 
say from November 16th through December 2nd. And all that time, you're not active. You're not getting up and taking out trash. I'm not getting up and taking out trash. I didn't have any energy to do that. I'm not going to the grocery store. I'm not walking around. I'm in the bed sleep. And all this time, I'm drinking juice and juice and juice and soda and soda. And also bread. You know, if I, whatever I did eat, I would eat bread. And all of that is converting to sugar. And this malaise, you know, that's over me, it's just, it's keeping me from, you know, pouring it out. You know, I had water, I was drinking, and contrary to what I'm I'm saying right now, I was drinking a lot of water. I was drinking at least maybe 40 ounces of water a day, sticking with my ice water. But I would also have juice. And so... To hear that I have diabetes, it's like, it's one of those things where I think about my dad, my dad's side of the family has diabetes. And I think about things that my dad went through, you know, things that I observed in his life, um, how he lived, you know, how he, how he didn't share a lot about how he felt about things, you know, until later on in his life with me. And it's like, I tried so hard not to become that. And everything that I see about myself is that. And it's very hard to, to see the, the depression. It's very hard to, even, even a few hours ago, before I started taping this episode, there was this feeling that came over me after I ate my dinner that it's like an uncomfortable discomforting it was just this odd feeling that I didn't that I didn't belong or somebody was around me that didn't belong and I was uncomfortable all of a sudden and those when I get those kind of feelings I tend to know that it's really just the way the the brain works when and maybe it was my, my body telling me, okay, Shema, you've had too much food. Um, because I do love bread. I I love bread. Bread of any kind. The brown bread, a cheesecake factory, mama biscuits, you know. Everybody love their mama biscuits. You know, she makes herbs from scratch. You know what I mean? Uh, one year she made these little tiny dainty biscuits. And they were so uh, soft and fluffy. I was like... Mama, how you make these? I think they were so good. Rolls, bread bowls, bagels. I, I just love bread. And it is, to this day, one thing that I struggle harder with than I do sweets. And so maybe my next fast coming up will be 30 days from bread. That's going to be, that's going to be so, I won't say it's going to be hard. It's going to be different. It's not going to be hard. You know, with prayer, you can do anything. It's going to be different. Because I'm used to eating bread with burger. Okay. Uh, crust under the pizza is the pizza. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I love the non, the garlic non bread from Trader Joe's. I eat that with my salads. So I was like, okay, I'm just supposed to eat the salad. <laughs> no, no croutons. Okay. Uh, no wontons. <laughs> okay. So it's going to be different. It's not going to be hard. It's going to be different. So 
but I've done it before, just not with bread. So, you know, I'm going to have to really, you know, put my big girl prayer panties on and be like, okay, Jesus, uh, work with your girl <laughs> because this is quote different, not hard, different, but because my doctor has now told me I have diabetes, it is, it is serious. Um, she's given me six months, uh, to get my weight under control. Although she didn't give me an amount to lose. <laughs> um, she's given me six months to get my blood pressure, cholesterol, get those things under control or else she's going to prescribe meds. And I'm like, no, ma'am, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't go the same route. So I, I really, really, really am going to try um i know one of the things for me and and having a good diet especially at at this age i am and at these at this stage in the game is having good sleep and that's the one thing all during last year that i did not have i didn't i didn't have good sleep uh 2021 was is the first full year that we all worked from home you know having um no, no no i'm sorry i'm sorry 2020 was the first year that we worked from home and I was handling it until I wasn't. And I think the middle of 2021, uh, 2020 going into the end of 2020 into 2021, I started to have a lot of just sleepless, restless nights. I, I just was like, I wasn't having it. I really, I really wasn't having it. Um, poor sleeping you know I probably have apnea um and having issues with my legs and the tightness in my feet and 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 most important the stress of being in a job that I hate all of that and and trying to understand why when I apply for other jobs no one wants me so it's like getting rejected and not understanding God's plan for me. And it was, so it was a lot of different things going on that led to, you know, me overeating during 2020. And then of course getting COVID didn't help either. All of that aside, the focus is now the health. The focus is now um, trying to balance healthier food choices with portion control because I love a salad don't don't get me wrong a salad is life um I put some dried cranberries on there some almonds some walnuts your kale your alfalfa um get some um balsamic vinaigrette or some uh, cilantro lime dressing and some chicken I am all about that cheese or no cheese but at this point it's just about making the choice to do better, right? Making the choice not to get the bread. Um, and sometimes I will be for real. I have been in the store where I have prayed. <laughs> Case in point, when I did go on that fast last year, you all, it was about week three, week three and a half. And I went into Trader Joe's and Trader Joe's will get you in trouble. If you have, are looking at something that you haven't tried before, they'll get you in trouble because the food is good. Even though it's like mass produced, 
you know, freeze-dried, you know, food, you know, prepared meals. It's still, you know, not bad. But there was this, um, this dessert that, oh, no, no, the cookies. They're vegan chocolate chip cookies, right, that I used to get all the time. Usually the cookies are sitting at the end of the aisle next to the bread. You walk into Trader Joe's, there's the fruit. Uh, there's your bananas, your apples, your pears, then you go to the veggies and your salads and you know, you go to town. Well, this particular day I went into Trader Joe's, mind you, I'm fasting, right? I'm like three, three and a half weeks into my fast last year. And I get my cart and I think every Trader Joe's is about the same. You go in, you look at the flowers first, you hit the bread and then the salads. Well, this particular day, Trader Joe's decided, I think is the enemy, but Trader Joe's decided to put the cookies in the middle of the aisle where the fruits and the vegetables are usually sitting. Y'all, all I could do was crack up. I literally was standing there like, <laughs> like, word? This this what we gonna do? Okay, okay. So I, I come into the store with prayer, okay, asking God, you know, guide me and the Holy Spirit, guide my steps, guide my vision and my focus, help me not get things I don't need. And the first thing I see is the cookies at hand level. Normally those cookies are at eye level. Like I said, they're on like the top or maybe middle shelf next to the bread. This time they're at the hand level where it's so easy to pick it up. You might not even realize you picking the cookies up because it's just second nature. And I'm like, no, you're not going to get me today. <laughs> you're not going to get me today. Da, 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 da. I, 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 I rebuke that. <laughs> you're not going to get me. And I went around the cookies. I got my salad and I dip set. And you would think that if I could recognize those attempts, that I would do better. But... Not to say you cannot retry it, even though you fall off the wheel. You ain't nobody saying you can't get back on. So, again, despite COVID and the stress of life, there's still time for me, is my point. There is still time for me to lose weight, get healthy. And for the life of me, I can't understand why I can't go to the gym. I even went so far as to go to Old Navy and buy new leggings. I bought new leggings. They real cute. I got me a sports bra that fits me well. A cute little top. I bought some new gym shoes. Okay, I'm going to be real, look, looking real cute. But I can't seem to get to the gym. I can't even seem to get up out of my chair after I get off of work and go for a walk. So my mom was just like, you got to... You really have to push. You really, and, and this is the the part of life where it hurts because you're like, well, why do I have to go through this? You know, and I hate to question God. I hate to question the Holy Spirit of Jesus about anything, about creating something in me that is going to catapult me to the amount of strength and the power needed to help other people. So how dare I ask why I'm going through the toil and the tribulation? But it's like, man, do do other people struggle? You know, 
is can anybody hear me you know is it is is anybody out there you know does anybody else go through this and i know you do i I, you know i'm not stupid or naive and you know we we all live in this social media world you know with the reels and everything and everybody's you know glowed up and 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 filtered out but for the real real i know we're struggling out here okay so this is a moment where in the angst, in the misunderstanding, in the um, not wanting to get up and, and go for a walk and go to the gym, this is when you go. This is when you get angry, so angry at yourself that you just be like, Ugh! so that real where people are like, and they're getting up and exercising, and they're mad. You literally, then like in real life, you have to do that sometimes. And by the time you stop all your stomping, you at the gym doing reps. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm going to have to get so angry with myself that it turns into some type of motivation. You know, I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, Strength above is, is the only place I know. And... I can't let the again the stress of work keep me from attaining a goal of being healthy, you know. I talk about that balance, you know. You have the stress of work, but work life balance includes being healthy, going to take a walk. Once you take the trash out, keep walking. Walk for like 5 minutes and then go back home. The next day, walk 5 minutes and go back home. Anything that will you know, get the body moving and flowing in a positive direction so that you can live a healthy life, you know? So to you all, I say, do it. And it's not as simple as eat less, look at the sugars, eat smaller bites. It's not, some days the vision is clear. Okay, I'm going to eat two egg whites uh, a chicken leg and my coffee black, no sugar, no cream. And then I'm going to have some peanuts and cheese for snack and my ice water all day. And that's not, that's not my life. Um, meal prep is not my life. A lot of people say you have to make it your life. Yeah, you do. I also have to do what's natural for me. And I can't listen to the world necessarily when it comes to what is the absolute best, I have to rely on prayer. I have to rely on where I would get my strength. Where would I draw my strength from? Because that's where my help comes from. That's where the clarity comes from and understanding the the connection between food and the body and the spirit and the mind and, and keeping things sharp and focused. So when I go to the store, y'all might see me in the store having whole conversations. Don't pay me no mind. I'm just trying to figure my life out. <laughs> I'm just trying to see, okay, where where we going from here, you know? And the store that I actually go to, that's down the street. When you go in the store, you hit the gro- you hit the produce section, then it's the fresh flowers, and then it's the bread and the dessert. Two things that it's like, well, it's almost like 
it's almost like the enemy. And I know sometimes, you know, God will put a test in front of you maybe to see, you know, if you're really ready, you know, for what, you know, is in store for you. But the evils of sweets and bread, that's got to be the devil all the way. Because how am I going to store, hit the fruit, right? Hit the veggies. And then I can't, I can't go anywhere until I bypass the bread and the sweets. You mean to tell me I can't get to the store, the rest of the store, until I, I make it through the, the maze of strawberry shortcakes and chocolate mousse lava cakes? And I'm like, bruh, can, can I live? You know, can I, <laughs> can, I, can I just get to the meats? I just need a pack of ground turkey. You know what I mean? I just I just need, you know, some cheese, you know, some eggs, you know. Do I really have to deal with the Hawaiian sweet rolls or the cottage cheese bread? <laughs> you know, like everything that I love, but I've got to change the mindset to think that I love myself more than loving food. Amen. So <laughs> for for me, and I don't have a Peloton in my house. I have to walk to the gym, the complex gym. I don't have Bowflex sitting up on my wall somewhere. So I'm like, all right, Siobhan, let's do it. You know, let's get those glutes into it. I don't, I don't have that. And furthermore, I don't like people yelling at me while I'm exercising. Okay, quit all that yelling. That don't motivate me. Yeah, dead, dead that. I don't, I don't want that. Actually, leave me alone while I'm exercising. Okay, let me listen to my EDM. Okay, my Calvin Harris or some Buju Bantan. You know what I'm saying? Let me, or Mary J. Blige, whatever. You know, leave me alone with all that yelling. <laughs> I don't have time for that. That doesn't get me going. Okay? But what should get me going is the idea that I would be healthy. That I would not have to rely on medicine to get me healthy. Amen? That I would not have to live on and rely on blood pressure medication and heart medication um, I look at my mom and I see what she goes through and, you know, for a long time when I was in my twenties, I was mad because she couldn't do things because of her heart, because of her blood pressure. When we used to go out, you know, we used to get on roller coasters and do all this stuff and it sucks not having, you know, your old dog, you know, your ace with you when you want to just kick it. But, you know, that's, that's life. You know, we adapt, you know, to the changes, but for me, I really do want to be healthy, healthier. I don't want to, I don't want my brother to bear me, you know, before it's time. You know, he's so, he's so concerned. He's so loving and he just wants me to be okay. And he wants me to be healthy. And so does my mother. They both do. And uh, so we're really going to try. We're really, we're going to do, we're going to try, we're going to pray. So follow me on my journey yay <laughs> and yes i do like hide things with laughter and humor but i am not afraid to tell y'all the real real so with that said i just hope that if you all are struggling with your weight if you're struggling with food if you're struggling with um and i won't say addiction but i will say and the addiction i found out is not the food that you're addicted to the addiction is being satisfied and so you got to figure out why does food satisfy you versus, you know, a relationship with Christ versus a relationship with yourself versus getting to know other means of balance in your life. 
for me, again, it, it was prayer, you know, for you. It may be um, the self-esteem and, and not relying on the pe- others' opinions of you. Um, living your life boldly and unapologetically. So just take those things in consideration. You know, I am, I still think I'm cute. You know, I have my days. But honestly, I don't like the double chin. I, I would I would love a life with no double chin. It's just on me it's not becoming. This this former ten pound, twenty one inch girl, yeah, we gotta see some changes. So uh quickly stay tuned for more content on the book and more um episodes coming. And uh, again, I'm going to be making some changes. And the big announcement that I wanted to share with you all is this. I'm going to be updating my email list so you all can subscribe and stay in tune regarding the launch, the book launch. But I am going to be offering for $5 the introduction or chapter one. I haven't decided which I want to give you. So if you sign up for the email list um, and if you want to pay for the chapter one or introduction of the book, then I will provide that. And I'm excited because I know that chapter is completed already. (laughs) So more to come on that. Stay tuned this weekend for updates and news. And as always, you all be kind, be loved, be you, be yourself and be good to one another. And I will see you all and talk to you all next time. Peace.